Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Seven zero seven five 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 one two one two is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Cassandra, you don't know me. We've never met, at least not in waking life. But we've been in more than a few shared dreams, so I'm hoping you recognize my voice. It's Marina, and I know you're in trouble. I'm pretty sure you've got my hairbrush. Simone and Wallace have another one just like it. That one's mine too, but let's not get bogged down in details. We can talk about multidimensionalism later. For now, I just want you to know that we're on our way to get you out of there. Try to just hang on and get through the next few days, and we'll see you soon. For now, if there's any way you can fake swallowing those pills, do it. Mom says your Damon's psychic signature is fading and we could all be losing the tall man because of it. It's what the shit's designed to do. They block our wireless connection. Don't swallow it. Doesn't take an empath to know what's in the industry's heart, Cassandra. Oh, and don't be surprised by the random encounters you'll be having. Some are from us, some are from the opposition, and some are just random. Don't stress over trying to figure out which is which. Just lean into it and do what Mom always said. Celebrate the random. Don't worry about how we're getting you out of there either. We're a couple white bitches from the Nard, and Mom totally knows how to play a Karen when she needs to. We've got this. I can't wait to tell you how I managed to stumble upon a copy of your latest novel. It's how I found you. Hang in there. she is, this Marina kid is some kind of super sleuth, considering she managed to track me through little more than our shared dreams. It took me a minute to remember I've got my Skype number on my domain registration. Anyone with passable computer skills would have no problem locating it. Of course, they'd first have to locate my website, which involves knowing my full name. That part's tricky especially when a person is getting all their info from dreams. If I hadn't had names come through in dreams, I'd be stuck trying to wrap my head around that. But I'm still trying to wrap my head around the message itself. Is this where we order balloons and streamers so we can celebrate the random? Or is the CIA reading my dreams and then leaving messages about them on my voicemail to taunt me? The thing is, I recognize her voice. I heard it in that first dream that started all this, when she whispered in Wallace's ear, It doesn't take an empath to know what's in a man's heart, Wallace. Here's the thing. If it is all some elaborate street theater staged by them, and part of the plan hinges on manipulating me through my dreams, they're shit out of luck. The medication blocks my dreams. I'm pretty sure that's what Marina was talking about when she said they block our wireless connection. You'd think they'd have anticipated that. Aren't they all a bunch of smarty pants over there at the CIA? Oh, wait. They drive Sebrings. 
Never mind. The other big question is who this opposition is. CIA? Who or what are they opposing? Whoever they are, maybe I can use their inability to access or influence my dream life to my advantage. Maybe amuse myself focusing on their street theater. And the character I've been having to deal with is an absurdist's wet dream. She runs the drug counseling group. Do New Age women realize they're walking clichés? The first words out of her mouth when I questioned her qualifications were this. If Jesus were to walk into the room right now, would you even recognize him? Two thoughts on that one. First, why would it matter, considering we're in the Get Over It Institute, where anyone wearing a hospital bracelet is medicated to the point of drooling like an idiot, so can't even recognize his own face in the mirror? And second, why not upgrade the thought experiment to be more inclusive? Why not ask if we'd recognize the Buddha? Why must that tired old analogy always be about Jesus? Why can't the same question pertain to some other great spiritual teacher? If Siddhartha walked into the room right now, would you confuse him with Hermann Hesse and dismiss him as just another two-bit novelist? Besides, if the point is to ask why so many of us are resistant to new perspectives, because we're too busy dominance posturing our aggressive righteousness, why not just say that? But before we veer too far from the subject of Christianity invading the four corners of the planet with its genocidal inquisitions dressed as sexless missionaries, why have the New Age magical thinkers decided to name all their angels after the angels of the Bible? You'd think if they were going to invent a whole new religion, they'd at least come up with some great new name for their celestial beings. The Angel Astronomica, the Archangel Jodorowsky, a Grigori named Windows, and his arch-nemesis, Apple, and, of course, their owner, Deep State. But no, we're stuck with Michael and Gabriel and Raphael. Yawn. Shit gets old. Know what else gets old? A court-mandated 12-step program that teaches religion as the only salvation from chronic drug use, while on court-mandated drugs. Perhaps those drugs are blurring the distinction between church and state. Is that why there's a CVS within half a mile of every federal courthouse in America? I was about to get myself into a lot of trouble by raising my hand and asking about it in the group when an orderly half-dragged a woman clinging to an IV pole into the room. He apologized for her, saying she had refused to get out of bed so had to be brought in forcibly. It was clearly obvious that the woman was in some kind of medical distress, and where I come from, the only appropriate response to distress is compassion, especially from those in positions of power over others. 
but like far too many with power over others these days, this orderly didn't seem to have gotten the memo on that. I guess we come from a very different place. Of course he sat her down next to me. You'd think I'd be getting used to it by now. It was obvious she was in a lot of pain, but she said nothing throughout the entire session. Until the end. That's when she turned to me and whimpered that she needed help getting back to her room because she'd just had surgery. They took everything out, she said, as I helped her stand long after everyone else had left and the crystal amulet queen had turned the lights out on us. It wasn't until she lifted her hospital gown and showed me the freshly stitched wound across her pelvis that I realized she meant her reproductive organs. Of course, my first thought was the poor dear had been battling cancer and had a psychotic reaction to the chemotherapy drugs. Something they never tell you can happen, but does with alarming frequency. But when I asked her about that, she shook her head no. She said it all started when she sent a sample of her DNA into one of those genealogy services. I didn't realize until it was too late that this is how they find people like us, she said. They know these traits are hereditary and are in the business of eliminating from the human race as much of the DNA as possible through eugenics. Like us? I asked a knot growing in my stomach as I anticipated her response, and as I gingerly helped her back down the hallway and into her room, she told me what she thinks brought on her forced sterilization. She started a blog about her precognitive dreams, hoping others like her would reach out, because she was tired of feeling alone with the prophetic visions of her dream life. She made the mistake of thinking the stigmatism and marginalizing that keeps us from openly sharing our prescience was only for their benefit. It was also for ours. By staying hidden from sight, it kept us protected from them. They don't just want us to shut up about it, she said. They want us to die out. Companies promising to tell us all about our genealogy in exchange for our DNA are working with what she calls the devil to spot those of us on the psychic spectrum and weed us out. As soon as they find us, they start working to turn our lives upside down so we land in places like this, encouraging those in power in places like this to do unspeakable things to the helpless is child's play, literally. And if what she's saying is true, they've figured out how to identify our genetic coding from our DNA. There's just one thing I don't understand, I said. Why are they making you attend drug counseling? She said she had THC in her system when they brought her in. She hadn't realized that cannabis was actually intensifying her psychic activity, opening up her receptors 
and making the input impossible to manage, like adding fuel to a fire. It got to the point where she had a psychotic reaction to the flood of unmanageable psychic input, and now that they'd taken down her blog, she had no way of warning her subscribers to be careful using cannabis. After tucking the neglected patient into her bed, I thought I'd head toward the day room to clear my thoughts and try to suppress my anger over what had been done to her. But as I turned the corner at the end of the hallway, a familiar sound chilled my blood. The last thing that poor woman said to me came to mind forcibly eliminating our ability to reproduce gives the devil an endless source of nourishment because of what's left attached to us by those who are determined to continue feeding it. That level of corruption has an energy signature with a half-life as toxic as a radioactive isotope, ambrosia to any hungry demon. I thought at first it was just a metaphor, but when I heard that bone-chilling sound, I glanced back at her door. I could swear I saw a shadowy figure pass right through it into her room. A series of thoughts went through my mind all at once, sorting out which was which between the random, the opposition, and Marina and company was at the top of that list. But then there was this. What's the point of having these perceptions if we can't use them for good? What if it turns out perception is my superpower, which is why I marched right back to that door and kicked it open? Like a freaking superhero who kicks doors open with her powers of perception. Let her grieve in peace, bitch, I shouted. This next part's harder to describe, because I didn't so much see her as I felt her look at me. Actually, it felt like she was looking at the top of my head, and I don't think she was judging me for having a bad hair day. It seemed like the she-creature was having an invisible argument with something perched on top of my head. And whatever it was that got said sent her shadowy figure flying out of the room, the door slamming behind her as her screech trailed off down the hall. The patient turned to me and said weakly that my daemon bared its teeth at her. They were bigger than that thing's teeth, she said. 
and it was willing to use them to protect both of us. It was the second time today I'd heard that term. Damon. Why am I always the last one to know about this shit? Thank mm-hmm. you.